0: Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn and we are talking about after amen. What do you do when you're waiting on God and preparing along the way? Miss Yesterday's program, really encourage you to check out that 14-minute podcast. Go to our website, today.org. But when want to get started today about talking about, you know, the first church in the first century. Uh, they had to deal with lots of challenges and problems, too. Uh, you know, some of these people had actually even seen Jesus, of course. Some were friends with people that had been healed. And can you imagine sitting in church with a former blind man whom Jesus had healed? Every time you would look into his eyes, you would be reminded that miracles truly do happen. Furthermore, the church had direct access to the Apostle Peter, the guy who had the greatest comeback of all. I mean, think about it. This guy went from denying Jesus to launching the church at Pentecost. People are even being healed by Peter's shadow being cast upon them. I mean, what an incredible time to be the church. However, it's also, though, a difficult time to be the church. They were smashed between two opposing forces, the Empire of Rome and the Temple, The Jewish community wants them gone. The political and governmental community wants them gone. And it seems like the leaders of the faith keep getting arrested. The questions over coffee and donuts at church would be different than ours. Questions like, so was Jesus speaking hypothetically when he said the gates of hell shall not prevail? Didn't Jesus say, I will be with you always? Surely things should be a little bit easier than this. So it begs me to ask the question, what do you do while we're waiting on God? Well, first, I think we got to start walking in the right direction. Much like when Mary came to Jesus and asked him to turn water into wine, we need to learn to prepare for the miracle before it happens. When Mary approached Jesus, he answered her with a statement that seemed to imply that he was not going to grant her request that day. However, Mary began to prepare as though the miracle was already on its way. She started getting the servants ready to do whatever Jesus says. Sometimes, friends, there are preparations to be made while we are waiting for the answer and to prepare along the way. And sometimes we need to prepare for that miracle before it happens. You know, in Luke's account of Jesus, we read about a time where Jesus is approached by 10 lepers. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 17. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As they entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were clean, cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He then fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, "Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner?" And Jesus said to the man, "Step, stand up, and go. Your faith has healed you." That was based off Luke chapter 17 verses 11 and 19. If you want to read that passage later, so here there. Are, so just kind of the process the situation. I mean, there's people with a skin condition that is so vile that they're forced to live in leper colonies away from their family and friends. There is no cure, and they are forced to shout, unclean, if anyone comes near them. I mean, I want you to think about that. If somebody came near you today and you had to yell, unclean, just how humiliating that would be, friends. To make matters worse, this disease was generally associated with sin in a person's life. We also learned that these ten guys are not all Jewish. One is Samaritan, which shows us how devastating this disease is because they only have each other at this point. Normally, these two backgrounds, Samaritans and Jews, would never associate with each other. But struggle tends us quite often to make us the most unlikely of friends, doesn't it? Jesus has been approached by lepers before, though, More than likely, word had gotten out that Jesus was able to heal this disease, and in those cases, Jesus touched them, and they were healed immediately. These lepers were hoping Jesus would touch them and heal them in an instant. However, in this case, Jesus takes a different approach. Jesus looked at them and said, "'Go show yourself to the priests,' and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed— He came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. That man was a Samaritan. Jesus then asked him, hey, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Jesus doesn't touch them and give them immediate healing. Instead, Jesus orders them to do some work. No quick fix here, but rather a go and show the priest. Why, he asked. Well, they knew that this was the law for ceremonial cleansing. If they were healed before they could return to their families, they had to get it signed off on by a priest. But since they were not healed just yet, this would have been rather presumptuous on their part. They'd have to make the journey to find a priest. They'd have to be around others, and all while assuming they were actually going to be healed at some point. And somewhere along the way, or on this journey, that's exactly what happened, friends. Something was required of these men before healing actually happened to them. You know, right now, for those of you listening or watching on our YouTube page, Jesus is doing something in your life, even though you can't see it, and he is preparing you for what he is going to do in the future. Maybe preparing along the way is what helps us and helps me notice God's answer. One of the best ways, friends, to do this is to write your prayers down. I confess to you, I don't journal every day often not even every week, but then I'll sit down and just write out just what God's been doing over my life in the past several days or sometimes even uh, multiple weeks. And it's just a great way to remember that. You know, there's a story where Jesus healed the man by the pool and, you know, Jesus went up to him and he'd been laying there 38 years and Jesus told him to, you know, stand up and pick up his mat and to walk But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you're well, so stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who healed him. I want to share six quick things that we can learn from John chapter 5, or as my friend Sherry Matherly calls him, the John 5 man. Number one, Jesus knows what we're going through in our lives. When he came up to the man and asked him how long he'd been laying there, he knew what was going on. But I love that Jesus asked to let us be a part of what he's getting ready to do. Secondly, sometimes Jesus asks us tough questions. Do you want to get well? I've got to ask you that today. If you're listening or you're watching here on our YouTube channel, that, you know, do you want to get well in a certain area of your life? I don't mean just physically. Sometimes there's not anything that can be done. So please understand I'm very sympathetic to that. But also sometimes I think we can get into having pity parties and woe is me. Instead of focusing on all that God has done and all that God has currently blessed us with, we get into focusing on what's not going well. And I just got to ask you today, do you want to get well? And then I want to look at here just these final four things, what keeps us from getting well and off to moving forward based off John chapter Five, as Jesus prepares us along the way. Number one is when we keep reading the same chapter in our story over and over you know uh keep we keep we keep hitting the rewind button and as uh, one of my mom's friends, uh, Gladys, said many, many years ago to tell me and to help me in a season of life where I was having a problem moving forward, you know, it's okay to visit there, but don't set up camp there. <laughs> so we need to pour some water on that campfire, friends. God's ready to move you forward, but you won't move back forward from the past. You keep staying in the past. Second thing is what keeps us from moving forward and getting well and letting Jesus can prepare something along the way for us new and even better is we got to stop playing the compare game. Oh, ouch, that one hurts, doesn't it? Stop playing the compare game. Third thing. That keeps us from getting well and moving forward is we've got to focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do. Kind of talked about that earlier about our blessings, about what we have instead of what we don't have. But also sometimes we do have limitations because of health or finances. But don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Fourth thing, sometimes we are in the presence of Jesus and we aren't even aware of it. Oh, man, I love that. They asked that guy who healed him. He didn't even know. I love it, friends. Uh, Sometimes we're in the presence of Jesus and we don't even know it. Be aware and ask Jesus to show himself and let him know where he's working in your life today. Another thing that we can learn from the John 5 man is you never know when Jesus might show up. Oh, can I get a witness and an amen on that? I think back in times in my life where just unexpectedly that Jesus showed up on the scene and helped me through a really, really challenging time or season. Friends, just so, so powerful knowing that God's a lot like the mailman. We don't know when he'll get there, but he always delivers. So just be encouraged today that you may not know when, you may not know how, but God will do it again. Another thing that we can learn from the John 5 man, while you're waiting on God to answer a prayer, what do you need to do to prepare along the way? What do you need to do to prepare along the way? I mean, Jesus told this guy after he healed him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Friends, I believe God's a God of details. And these three things here are simply stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I'm not sure exactly why. There's lots of reasons why I could do a whole program on that. But do what you can do as God's preparing along what he has next for you along the way. And last but not least, Jesus may answer your prayer in the most unusual way. Okay? He may do it in the most unusual way. I mean, it happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders, the religious people back then said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that mat. And then they were upset because he got healed on the Sabbath. I mean, you know, friends, Jesus was doing things in a different way, a new way, and he may want to do that in your life. So be ready, be prepared, and be open to how God may want to do something as he's preparing along the way. So, I want to ask you today as we close out this program and these two days on after Amen. What do you do when you're waiting on God, preparing along the way? What is it you need to do to prepare along the way? Corey Tim Boom, who we talked about earlier yesterday, knew something about waiting on God. She waited for years in a concentration camp during World War II. Night after night, she would pray for her release and for the end of the war. And the reunion of her family. She writes this about God's seeming silence. We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that He will get us involved in His plan for the answer. If we are true intercessors, we must be ready to take part in God's work on behalf of the people for whom we pray. So friends, I want to ask today, who can you help prepare along the way while you're waiting on an answer from God and know that he is preparing away from you. So don't get discouraged. Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today That's hopeishere.today Feeling a little blue this holiday season? Struggling with depression or anxiety? Feeling a little hopeless? Join Greg Horn, Stacy McDonald, and other mental health advocates in Lexington on Saturday, December 2nd for the State of Mind Gospel of Mental Health Conference as they share on how you can go from hopeless to hopeful. To register and find out more information, go online at thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's thegospelofmentalhealth.org.